Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. Just wanted to share a short um, message with you about Father's Day, and um, you know, I didn't know this, um, but. This, this idea of Father's Day was birthed in around 1910. Fathers have obviously been around a lot longer than that, but this um, concept of Father's Day was kind of came to life then by a girl whose mother had, had passed away during childbirth, and her father raised her and five siblings on her own. And so um, this kind of started to um, she, she put a push on this, and it started to gain popularity. And in 1924, a man called Calvin Coolidge, does anyone know that? It's, if you know your American history, I think he was a president. Calvin Coolidge, he recommended a national observance of Father's Day. And the, I, I really like the reason why he kind of instituted this in society, and it was to impress upon fathers the full measure of their obligation and to strengthen intimate ties between a father and his children. That's a, those are both great reasons. Amen. And so, around the same time, around the country, this began to spring up in different places. And so I thought, you know, and here we are today in 2022 celebrating Father's Day over most of, most of the globe, but other countries celebrating it today as well. And this idea of celebrating fathers and fatherhood is very strong in God's word. Um, so we serve a good, good father. There's no one like our God. And wherever you read in scripture, the, 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 um, ideology the, the, of fatherhood and what it means and, and, and everything surrounding it, it is mentioned throughout God's Word. So it's really important, amen? Because if anyone follows the God of another religion, we know they serve a dead God, but they don't serve anything like a father that would take care of them. God is, God is so, there is no one like our God. He provides everything that we need. He takes care of us. He created us to have a relationship with him, and he created us to have an intimate connection with him. And um, there's no other God with a small g that can do that. Amen? And he gave us our earthly dads, and his hope was that our earthly dads would have that same pattern. And I know that society and circumstances are radically different these days, but this is what God really wanted. He wanted men to have that same father's heart that he had. Amen. And so when Jesus walked on this earth, Jesus just embodied the character of his father, God. Amen. And he gave him all the glory. Wherever Jesus went, he was always pointing to the father and saying, you know, this isn't, a, this isn't even about me. I'm here because of my father and what he wants me to do. And so he mirrored God the Father's life through himself, and he ministered the father heart of God to people. And so whenever we as men um, need to, we need to understand how can we deal with a situation in life 
with our family, with our loved ones, with our children, the best place to go and find out about that is to go to God's Word and see what does a, what does a father, what does a loving father do? Amen? So he's so faithful, even when his own children were, now how, how often do we know that, you know, children can be rebellious against their fathers, can't they? But, you know, even in that state, back in, in the, on their journey to Canaan, God provided for them. A, a, a cloud by day and fire by night, food to eat. Their clothes never wore out. Their sh the soles of their shoes never wore out, and they just kept on going. So in spite of everything, God just kept on being a father and looking after them, and I think that's amazing. So biblical fatherhood has a real deep meaning, and it's because it's all connected to God's heart. Amen? And I, I like to look at the Apostle Paul, and if you look at John as well, they began to communicate and behave in, in, in a certain way in their ministry, and they started to become fathers, and they referred to the people that they were reaching out to communicating with as children. So they were beginning to understand that to imitate Jesus is to imitate the Father, and to do that, you're going to start to bring people under, you're going, to, you're going to have children come underneath you that you're going to provide for, that you're going to guide, guard, and govern. You're going to lead them and teach them and, 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 and do all of that and clean up after them and do all the dad stuff. Amen? And by the way, today is also, we don't forget our mums. Okay? Amen. I know. Better give a shout out to, to, to mums. But we're celebrating dads today. But you know, all the dad stuff that we have to do, you know, God, we, we can just look at God's, at, at God's character and say, you know, I can draw strength from that. I can, you know, when I'm at the end of my rope as a natural dad, I, I can have a supernatural ability to father. And that is incredible, I believe. And so, as they were imitating Jesus, their nature as men changed. They changed. Their nature changed completely and they began to relate as fathers in the faith to the people that they were reaching. And I want to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 to you from verse 14. It says, I'm not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you only have one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preach the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. That's why I have sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, and he will remind you of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Amen? So you can start to see these men, their character starting to change, and they're starting to relate to people with this really fathering heart. And, you know, as dads, I believe that we need to look at the example of Jesus to have a heart to provide well for our families while they're on earth. But there's a fathering is a twofold thing. It's not only to be a provider here and a protector here, but it's to be a preparer for them for eternity. So it goes from being protector, provider, 
And all of the things that a dad does, there's an even more important role as a dad, and that's to prepare your family for eternity. And that is an area that I put my hand up and say, I don't have all the answers to that. I, you know, we just keep on praying for our kids. And we know that, that, that the scriptures that were sown into their lives, they'll come to life in them in the future. We all, don't we? We pray for our kids that they'll turn back to the Father. And so, you know, this is what we've got to do. Guide, guard, and govern, but do it in the same way as he did it with love. If love is missing from all of that, and I think that maybe some of us grew up through a, I, I grew up in a very strictly disciplinarian society overseas, being brought up, and yet still I don't harbor any resentment or bitterness towards um, the, the, my teachers and my mentors and people that brought me up through my primary and teen years. We were, we were still at that time, uh, Correction, correction was very much a physical thing. You know, I mean, uh, I wasn't a stranger to the cane, put it that way. I, I know, I, but I harbor, I, I have no, no issues with that. In fact, um, I thank God for it because it put a lot into perspective for me. And, and I know that different people have different opinions about that. But the word says that... Um, a, f a loving father corrects his children. Yeah. A loving father chastens his children. And, it, and, and that's not with a heart of anger, it's with a heart of love. Amen. And um, so I, I soon learned to change my ways. And then I got to a point and I, d it didn't get, I didn't get too old or too awkward for, you know, oh, this is just really awkward. Now, I'd, by that time, I'd understood, I had the maturity to understand that correction is coming if I, if I don't, you know, change my ways. And that's what happens. I mean, in this lighthearted little mini movie, we see this expectant dad. He's there receiving the news of the arrival of his firstborn. And so off he springs into action to begin the life of a father. And I, I often think, you know, is it just instinct? I, you, they talk about the mothering instinct or the, you know, the instinct of a father. Um, you know, does instinct just take over? You know, I, and, and I, I don't really know. I had to learn a lot as a father. I didn't certainly was, you know, if we all put our hands up, there's no perfect fathers here. You know, we've all, we've all, we've all had some kind of, sort of a struggle in, in fathering. So how instinctive it is, I can't say for sure. And although today is a day to celebrate dads, it's not a dad bashing day. It's, it's, it's definitely not. There is a serious message that we need to communicate on Father's Day. And that is, you know, God bless you if you've had a good fathering experience. Amen. Life has been good, happy, no dad problems, but that hasn't been the same for everybody. Amen. So praise God if that has been your experience, but that is not everyone's experience because people are, people are abandoned, orphaned, abused, not taken care of, sold, traded. I mean, this goes on all over the face of the earth. And statistics suggest that there's been a breakdown in relationships between fathers and their children in society at large. Is that the truth? And I think I can say, you know, I'm sure the majority of men that become fathers have a loving heart for their children 
They want to satisfy, you know, the, the needs and desires that any child would have or expect of a father. And I also believe it to be true that some of the traits we have as father we get from our own fathers, or we've lived, we've lived experiences in that regard. But what a great advantage to be able to look to God our Father, our Heavenly Father, who never changes and is always faithful and true. Because, you know, we can have ups and downs in this life with our earthly fathers. The Bible is full of these experiences. You know, um, David and Absalom and, you know, all, I mean, even, even Jesus was hard to handle when he was small. You know, he would, he would just disappear and he's, his parents would be like, you know, worried, like, where, where, where's he gone? And then, no, he's, he's in the synagogue. He's doing this. He's doing that. So, you know, you know, we need to look to God, and he'll help us to father well with wisdom and with grace. And we need that in today's world. Amen. We don't get the choice of who our natural dad is, do we? We never, we don't get that choice, but we can choose to be in relationship with a good father. Yes. Amen. We can choose him as a good father. Amen. So the circumstances of life are not always ideal. The reality is often very different to the ideal. Amen. The experience of fathering or being fathered has been, has been a difficult road for many people. And I want to be careful with my words this morning because I know the sensitivities that people have in this area. Amen. But we need to give this day its intended opportunity, show gratitude to our fathers. You know, the proverb says, uh, and, and, and also in, in, uh, in Genesis, to honor our father and our mother. So it doesn't say honor your father and mother only if they've always been good to you doesn't say honor your father and mother if, you know, um, if they've brought you up. It just says honor your father and mother that all may be well with you and you'll live a long life on this earth. And I know how the, how the devil tries to get in and put wedges in between fathers and their children. The Bible says honor. So today is a day for honor. Amen. Today is a day of honor. And honor has its place. And the thing is, when we, honor our, when we honor our parents, there's a reward for that. And so, you know, I, I, I believe that today will be rewarding for all of us as we go to our own fathers or whatever, or our children come to honor us, it will be deeply rewarding. And if we can go a step further than that and do what Jesus did, to direct that honor towards God our Father, amen? Acknowledge him as the, he meets our needs. He'll minister to our needs. And if you're sitting in this place, I want to let you know this morning that God is sensitive to your heart. You might think that, God, you know, God's never, I've never, really, I've never really connected with God. But God knows your heart and he's sensitive to your heart. And he'll respond to the cry of your heart in this place today. Because... God is, I believe we all have an instinct towards God. God is the same with us, especially if we've been brought into his family by being born again. It's just like a child has instincts. Amen. 
and the instincts of a child, even though they don't know much more than just, you know, sensing what is going on around them in the world, they sense the love and care of a mother and a father, don't they? And they quickly begin to recognize the voices of those parents. And every sense they have is receiving something from their parents. They're receiving something from mom, and they're receiving something from dad. Amen? Sight, smell, touch, hearing, what they taste, all of these senses are open corridors or avenues for communication from the parents to that child. Because the child doesn't comprehend. He just knows, I've been born, and, and, and people are looking after me, and, and I sense that probably they're, they love me, and they're my parents, and they're doing all this for me. And, and I want to, to say this morning that God, wants, God will reach us as a father, not only through our senses, but He it's amplified by his spirit connection to us. So I want to I read these scriptures to you um, before we close. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. So two of the senses we have as children, taste and sight, are met by the Lord. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. You're probably wondering, where does the smell one come in? <laughs> Genesis chapter 27, verse 27 in the, in the, in the um, NLT. So Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced and he blessed his son. And he said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors which the Lord has blessed. Isn't that amazing? That, that God has a fragrance, that there's a fragrance of Christ that surrounds, that surrounds us when we belong to Him. And before you leave this place today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you to know, to know Jesus and to know God as a heavenly Father. And then in Matthew chapter 8, verse 3, it says, Jesus reached out His hand and He touched the man, saying, I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the man was cleansed of leprosy. Touch. Do you know that God still, he, he still touches hearts today. It's like um, there, was a, there was a series on, um, you'll probably still find it somewhere. It was called The Finger of God. And it was, um, I think it was this guy, he was in different countries, India, places like that. And um, it was just a documentary of how God touched people's lives. God touches people's lives. Psalm 34, verse 17. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles, because the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Amen. So, the sense of hearing comes in. Not only does God hear, but if you go to Isaiah chapter 50, this is, a, this is a wonderful scripture. It says in Isaiah 54, the Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak. 
a word in season to him who is weary. And he awakens me morning by morning, and he awakens my ear to hear as the learned do. Amen. So here we've got all of these senses still in operation. And I, I, sense, that, I sense God like that in my life. And I hope you do, that you sense him. With all your natural senses, you do sense him. But beyond that, it's supernaturally multiplied. It goes beyond our natural senses. Romans chapter 8 says in, from verse 15, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Amen. So we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with ours to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. And together, and, uh, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Amen. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 in the Amplified says, the one who is united and joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Amen. So isn't that amazing that everything that we've ever known of in an earthly sense can be multiplied and enhanced by joining with God as one spirit and he becomes our heavenly father. Amen. And then, you know, it's by God's design that we are, are, are made to experience love, protection, provision, and attention, guidance, and correction. God designed all of that in his word. It's the duty and the function of a father. And that he gives us grace for that to continue for as long as the living relationship is there with our own earthly fathers and our sons. But then we look to to God in that. Amen. Because that's a relationship that will last for eternity if we receive him. Amen. And I'm sure that every father in this place today feels that at times we haven't been able to be the complete dad. I know I, know I haven't. We've not been able to do that. We've faltered. We've handled situations the wrong way. We've let our children down. We've let our wives down. We've let We've just, you know, we've all of this, and we've probably got plenty of regrets, as, uh, you know, regarding our input as fathers. And that shouldn't be a surprise, because, as I said, the word is full of imperfect people who were trying to be good fathers. Amen? But Jesus came to point out that God is love. He never falters. He always remains close. He'll always be there. And on the, on, 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 when he was preaching on the Mount of Olives in John chapter 8, there's a long exchange with the people who are trying to find out who Jesus is, who are you, where'd you come from, who's your father? And Jesus is ex explaining all of this to them. And some of them received it and some of them wouldn't. Some of them just wouldn't receive that he was the son of God and that he, he was there to do the will of his father. And all he was doing the whole time was highlighting that my father is perfect. He gives me the words to speak. He guides my paths. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He's always with me. And the people that did get it, that did understand that, 
they moved into a new dimension in their life. God became everything to them. So when God says, I am, he is the I am of all things. He's the I am. He is the source of everything. Everything that we could ever need as children is fulfilled when God says, I am. He's, he's basically saying, I am everything that you will ever need. Do you believe that today? I am everything that you will ever need. For any situation that you are in, I have everything that you'll need. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.